Hello, dear synth enthusiasts. Welcome back to Podular Modcast. Before we get into today's episode, let me tell you a little bit about Patchworks. Patchworks is a fantastic synthesizer shop here in the Northwest, in the Wallingford area of Seattle. And it's, it's not just modular. They've got desktop synths. They've got effects pedals. They've got cables, studio monitors, everything that you need to get your home studio up and running. But if you're not in the Seattle area, what do you do? What do you do? Like, how are you supposed to go to Patchworks? Well, I'll tell you, you head to patchworks.com, P-A-T-C-H-W-E-R-K-S.com and uh, browse their lovely selection there online. While you're there, you might even be able to find a constellation from Acid Rain Technologies. That's kind of the focus of today's show. Or you could find stuff from our second sponsor, After Later Audio. You could get a carve, you could get a bog, you could get a dirty laundry. I've, uh, I've been doing some really cool stuff with dirty laundry and my new drum set that I got. Yeah, I got a V drums. I got some V drums. It's pretty fun. Some pretty goofy uh, kit voices on there. It's a, it's an older module. I think I might have to get a newer one. Anyways, after later audio, the carve module. In fact, there's a new carve video. I'll put a link in the show description. Um, I did not make this video. It's by um, Robots Are Red. And not only is it a really cool video showing a bunch of different types of patches you can do with the carve, they even made a uh, like a a giant like 30 something page um, PDF with with patch notes on all these different types of ways you can use carve um, so yeah that's pretty cool so you can check that out at the after later audio Instagram or on robots or red uh, YouTube um, or you can head over to afterlateraudio.com to learn more about all the other fantastic modules there okay thank you for coming back to Podular Modcast let's get into it Hello and welcome back to Podular Modcast. My name's Tim, and this week we have Ryan from Acid Rain Technologies back on the show to talk about Constellation, the new gate sequencer. Um, this thing is amazing. I've been having so much fun with it lately. Um, and, and you know, I've always said I'm not really into writing uh, sequences, and, and usually I'm talking about melodic sequences, but I also don't really like taking the time to write gate sequences. Um, so I, 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 I fall back onto random quite a bit. And I feel like this constellation is, is kind of made for people like me. And I know I'm not the only one out there. Um, so you, you don't, you can write, but it's, I don't know, it's a very, it's a very interesting way that this thing works. And, um, if you're a fan of U-Grids, it's like a super, like, mega U-Grids. Like, I don't know. But why am I talking about it so much right now? We're going to be talking about it for a lot of this episode. So why don't I switch gears just for a moment and tell you that we are down to less than 10 copies of Podular Modcast and Friends on vinyl. So act fast if you want one of those. But I'm also thinking maybe I should do a giveaway. So here's what I want you to do. Here's the call to action. This is, this is to get a copy of this beautiful baby blue vinyl. Okay? Here's what you here's what you got to do. Nothing specific, but get on Instagram, 
tag Mystery Circles and Podular Modcast. And for bonus points, tag all the artists that are on the, the album. And it can be a photo, it can be a video, um, but just convince me and Mystery Circles that you're the one that should win. I don't know if it's through a song, through a dance, through a drawing or a painting, a short story or a poem, a patch. Dealer's choice, but just be creative with it. Just, I mean, bonus points if you can make me laugh. Um, So yeah, I'll be choosing a winner and announcing it on next week's episode. So you've got until, basically I'd get it done by this, this weekend. I would do it as soon as you hear this. Once again, convince me through an Instagram post, picture, video, whatever that you should be the one to get this this uh, this vinyl. And tag Podular Modcast, Mystery Circles, and bonus points for tagging the artists on the album. Speaking of artists on the album, you're listening to Lisa Belladonna right now. This is the opening track on the Podular Modcast and Friends album. This is Lisa Belladonna's Space Cobra. And of course, side B is uh, just all my remixes in reverse order of the A side. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great album. It's a lot of fun. And speaking of a lot of fun, I've been, uh, I've been working, I've been patching a lot lately. I think I've mentioned that on the show and recording a lot of stuff lately and um, having a lot of fun building Morphogene Reels. And I've been curious about things I can do to make the Patreon more um, enticing for people to join up or just, uh, you know, more more a, a, a way to say thank you to those of you who already signed up so i think what i'm going to do is start sharing some of my morphogene reels um on the on the patreon page so if you want some of my my stuff that i'm recording uh it'll sometimes it will be um you know field recordings or lately i've been playing my cp reface uh like this roadsy kind of voice into it and then um also i'm building a pretty big library of bendulin sounds because the bendulin can make so many crazy sounds uh and the dirty laundry and uh, probably the hundred grit from schlappy engineering so you know i just really like these crunchy noises um and then feeding that into morphogene splicing it up and then using actually the constellation to switch between the slices and stuff is is making for some pretty pretty uh, awesome uh, sounds coming out of it so I think it'd be fun to share those and see what you want to do with those so if you're a patron head over to patreon.com forward slash podular modcast and uh, check the feed there the the, the wall uh, I think I think uh, by the time you get there there will be a post to either a Google Drive or a Dropbox folder with some morphogene reels and if you're thinking to yourself i don't have a morphogene it doesn't matter they're wave files so you can still use them as samples um i'm not gonna slice them up into splices so they'll probably the reels will probably be like one long um sample each because i don't want to make that creative choice for you how to splice them so i'll splice them in my own way um maybe i'll i'll put some spliced stuff up there i don't know let me know um, but yeah, thank you so much for being on the Patreon. And if you want to help keep the show going, head over to patreon.com forward slash Podular Modcast. And if you have any other ideas of cool stuff that would uh, that you would want on the, uh, the Patreon, let me know. Once again, this is Podular Modcast. Thank you for coming back. Let's get into this chat with Ryan from Acid Rain Technology. Ryan, thank you so much for coming back. It's been a while. Yeah, thank you, you know, for having me. Yeah, I'm actually curious. Do you know what episode you were on and when? 
that was when you when you guys first came on? Oof, I don't know the number off the top of my head. Yeah, it, I believe I it like was in, it was early, kind of right. Yeah, like early twenty nineteen or something like that. Let's see. I'm gonna look it up. I should. This is this is how professional I am. I could have looked this up before. Um. <laughs> I think we had released the chainsaw. You had chainsaw. I think the the three the smaller ones were out. Chainsaw, yeah. navigator, and switchblade. Yeah, that's kind of um, how I mark the time passing these days. Yeah, <laughs> module <bet>. by module. <laughs> the rest well, is my just a... being slow, so it doesn't matter. Or... But yeah, it was a while ago. Yeah, a um, lot has changed. Yeah, that's why I really want to chat about that because uh, I don't know if I re- if I told you guys this when we were chatting. Um, on or off air but i remember you know thinking like you guys are going to be like one of like you're going to be <laughs> major players in the scene uh with what you're doing and it seems like i mean it it doesn't seem like it has happened i like i remember after after um you guys were on and and particularly really during the pandemic i think because i saw so many different people's setups because there were so many you mm-hmm. know streaming shows and stuff and that was how we all connected but i saw chainsaws everywhere mm-hmm. and then i saw um i'm blanking on the big um the maestro the maestro i and yeah. then that the maestro was showing up everywhere as well and i was like i knew it i knew these guys were on to something so congrats on that that's pretty thank cool thank you thank you it's been a wild ride yeah the uh the same i obviously keep an eye on everything that's going on on the internet <laughs> in the mm-hmm. modular space from from our isolated uh kind of little bubbles these days <laughs> and uh i i do see the maestro everywhere it's very easy to spot yeah which is kind of kind of handy you know you can mm-hmm. see it in a tiny little instagram photo and mm-hmm. um yeah it's been just amazing to see people uh you know deciding to bring these big module into their rack you know it, it takes mm-hmm. the, the place of like two or three other modules sometimes so i, yeah. I really don't take that for granted that's yeah no that's something like that's got to be you know that's because real estate is so limited that's got to be something that's um constantly a battle i mean i know it is because i work for a a modular manufacturer and i'm I'm currently designing one of my own and i i I need i had to add 4hp to it and i'm like yeah i really didn't want to do that but when it does kind of when it when it can kind of fill the spot of, of three modules, not only space-wise, but also function-wise, then you, you hope that people will understand that. So is that something that you're, you find is like, is there a disconnect between manufacturer and user as far as that goes? Or do you find that like people kind of see the use? Okay, well, yeah, sure, it's this big, but it's it deserves to be this big because it does so much. Right. Yeah, I think so far uh, we haven't, I haven't really received any you know, direct complaints about the size <laughs> of our modules. Uh, we went we went from like four HP to twenty HP I with know, the Maestro. You guys really jumped. <laughs> if we yeah, if we want to measure it that way, obviously. But I think you know the Maestro is obviously it's just a completely different instrument than the chainsaw. Totally. It's not yeah. even it's apples and oranges. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's kind of this when we design our modules and we design them very much like front panel first. So, and user interface first, and then all the electronics and like 
the technical details, obviously we're keeping that in mind as we're thinking about designing it, but that comes like afterwards to, to figure out how to make it. Um, but when you say that, when you say that, you, yeah. like, so you have an idea for what it's going to be. So say just for Maestro, um, yeah. it's going to be a, a clockable voltage source. And is that kind of like, as far as you get it idea wise before you start building the panel out or like, like yeah. where, cause you, you know, like obviously the nuts and bolts are going to come later, but like function, right. function presentation, and then figure out how it works. Yeah. I mean, I think. I try to start with like a kind of a philosophical note mm -hmm. on these modules. So with the Maestro, it was sort of the thinking was like, well, uh, you know, I have a long history of using DAWs and making music on the computer, like many of us do. Um, and though, you know, in a DAW, you have automation lanes and, uh, you know, what, trying to kind of dig into like what is so useful about automation lanes like what what do they actually do on like a kind of core first principles level mm -hmm. and for for us that was they provide like in like clock synced changes over time that start and end in predictable places <clears throat> Sorry, I can edit that. <laughs> <clears throat> edit my <clears throat> froggy throat out. I gotta I gotta clear my throat here. So. Yeah, no problem. <clears throat> okay, I think we're back. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, so providing changes in the parameters of your like VSTs and and volume of your tracks over long periods of time, but in a somewhat predictable manner like you know you could go half the song and something goes from zero to one mm -hmm. and you know how long that is and that's pretty different from like before the maestro uh i kind of felt like Eurorack had you know obviously a lot of modulation sources but most of them were like free running lfos that uh you know, if you want a really slow modulation, it's going to be kind of random and kind of mm -hmm. like, you know, maybe you could do like a sync pulse to start it, right. but it's hard to know how long it's going to be. Mm -hmm. So trying to think like, how could you predictably create like a long, really long LFO that's going to actually be like 16 bars okay. of music mm -hmm. and... It's tricky from an interface design perspective because it's hard to show like long amounts of time on a small Eurorack panel because mm -hmm. <laughs> there's oh, not yeah, enough yeah. room <laughs> to put like 400 LEDs to show all your <laughs> all your steps, you know, or, uh, you know, obviously you can use a big screen, but then it's kind of like, you know, I have a computer with a screen and I don't yeah. know. This is kind of an uncanny valley there for us. So we've we tried to avoid screens so far. Um, and yeah, so the, the that's kind of what drove the Maestro user interface of like uh, taking a we call it a parametric approach to like generating voltage. Mm -hmm. Like uh, you, yeah, you mentioned you that define the wave in constellation with the parametric. <laughs> yeah, approach. the the constellation you, takes takes a you, similar like, approach what to. That means? Yeah, yeah, definitely. 
Um, so the idea is like, rather than having, you know, uh, a knob that just changes the length of the LFO, like given the, if we take the maestro as an example, Mm -hmm. um, so rather than having a knob that just like makes it longer or shorter, so you're directly controlling the time you, and then like a knob that changes the waveform or something mm -hmm. you have, you select a waveform. So it's like, that's a parameter. Like, Oh, I want, I want a triangle wave or up down wave. And then you select a timing and that's another parameter. So I want it to be like, you know, this much, this many clock pulses long. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, that allows you to do things like chains on the maestro because you're selecting parameters in a row, um, which you just couldn't do on a knob basically. Right. right. Okay. Um, and constellation takes a similar approach to rhythm where, uh, rather than explicitly telling the sequencer, like I want to step right there and right there and right there, mm -hmm. you use Euclidean rhythms, um, and we can dig into this further too, and layer them on top of each other. And a Euclidean rhythm is a really amazing little bit of math mm -hmm. that gives you a rhythm using three numbers. So those are three parameters of like length, events, and rotation. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's kind of this kind of beautiful, uh, coincidence that those numbers can define like a huge amount of world rhythms mm -hmm. um that that humans have been making for thousands and thousands of years um so yeah and then being able to combine those together allows you to create really complex rhythms using a very few like input parameters um rather than having to like define every single uh event along like a XOX style sequencer, um, mm -hmm. those parameters can then be easily quickly changed or put under CV modulation to, to move them around, um, because they are just a number rather than, you know, a, a choice on a grid sequencer. Right. Right. Yeah. So as I'm, you know, especially since I've, you know, I've had, I've had some experience with designing. Um, like extraordinarily simple designs compared to what you guys are doing. But I also see what Lenny has to, you know, think about when designing the yeah. uh, panels and stuff. And then the, the writing of the manual and everything. And <laughs> that it's such a, like a, especially when you get into something like, like constellation is it's gotta be like a Herculean task. And, but you guys have done such a good job with it like i was telling you so out right out of the box i like to see how far i can get with a module without looking at the right so i watched the red means recording video you know right and um you know and then two days later got the module and i was like all right let's see what i can do with this and i played with it for like an hour and had a lot of fun and it wasn't like i was like okay well this must oh okay yeah well duh that's the way that's set up and the user interface so far i still haven't fully figured it out but is it's very intuitive it all makes like once you kind of get the general philosophy of the the interface like okay you yeah you push right. this to to activate this track and um really really 
fun and it seems like it'd be really great in a live performance um but yeah just Thank like you. just approaching the ex explanation of how to use it as far as layout and the the manual writing that's got to be like so much thought goes into that i imagine manuals are brutal i gotta <laughs> tell you it's like <laughs> You know, part of it, part of it is, is the doing of it. And part of it's like the timing too, because, mm -hmm. you know, I've been working on this thing for so long yeah, <laughs> and yeah. then you're like, you know, I'm pulling crazy hours trying to get these things produced. And then it's like a couple of weeks before the launch and we have to write a 26 page essay <laughs> for someone who's who's never seen this thing before so you gotta uh -huh. pretend pretend like you've never used it um mm -hmm. Do you yeah find yeah honestly in the future too close to it like to write it for absolutely somebody who doesn't yeah that's got to be kind of tough yeah yeah we have to do multiple drafts for sure and and honestly in the future probably uh probably bring in some some outside people to uh to kind of bolster that process and, yeah. and get some some other uh other viewpoints on it we always get you know great feedback from our users once the modules are uh, out in the field i mean mm -hmm. that's one of the absolutely the best i should say part of working in this synthesizer hardware technology space is i mean the, the the customers and users are just amazing like that's awesome we get the best emails so much detail, so much patience. Um, so yeah, I really look forward to uh, the constellations are like en route with UPS, FedEx, and DHL all over the world right now. Right now, um, oh wow, that's so, that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right, right at this, right at the moment of this recording. So they'll be in people's hands soon, and you know, I, I can probably expect a small flood of questions and ideas and and comments and that's the kind of stuff we we really live for um yeah but something you mentioned earlier with like you know when you try to uh start using a module without the manual and kind of see how far you can go uh, that is something i think about a lot with the design of these products kind of i guess you could call it like optional depth so uh, yeah yeah like how can we create a module where you know obviously as long as you could read like that quick start guide and be able to do something with it mm -hmm. you know like get a usable result out of it um, without having to read the full manual like front to back before you even turning your case on um i think that's really important to to make the experience of starting to use these things fun um totally, totally yeah i've definitely uh modules used... where like you couldn't you couldn't get started at all with right uh, like it won't even make sound it. yeah unless yeah. you've it's read like, the manual yeah front to back like, which when i got the temps tile like i was like it doesn't it literally <laughs> if you'd get it stock and turn it on nothing happens and i thought it was a clock so here i am like well, clock is supposed to, so it's like I need to send it a clock, but that's why I got it. I don't have a clock. I need this. Right. Well, you got to go in and turn it on internal and everything. So it's like once you know how to use it, it's great. But right. Can't get, and there's certain not, yeah, yeah. There's certain concepts where that makes more sense, you know, and For it's sure. it's yeah. all kind of context dependent. Um, but yeah, that's something I uh, like with the maestro. You know, you could not even know what chains are or like not even use save and load and you could still 
make six LFOs at the very least. Right. Um, right. If you just like walked up to your friend's case that had one in it. Um, so yeah, that's something we, something we think about a lot. Yeah. And I mean, also just, I imagine from a, um, from a manufactured perspective, like a lot of people go into shops and try stuff out. They like right. the hands-on experience. So, you know, if they're going into, you know, patchworks or something and they see constellation or maestro, like they're pretty inviting. I like, you know, they got nice colored LEDs. They're blinking. They're, they're big. They got the nice uh, metal <laughs> brush panel, you know, they're, they're, they're good looking modules. So you might want to start messing with it. And yeah, I mean, that could, that could be like, I mean, I hate to like use like just like a capitalistic example, but that could be a sale or a not sale, you know, or no sale if if they right. jive or don't jive with it, you know. Right, right, and also just kind of, I wouldn't want someone to be frustrated when they first get it in the box, and they're you know you get excited, you get a new piece of gear, and then you gotta like run into a wall and <laughs> figure yeah. out how to use it. Sometimes that can <laughs> sometimes that can be a barrier. It depends a lot on the person too. I mean, yeah. I think. I encounter a wide variety of of use use approaches to this stuff. Mm -hmm. Like some people, you know, contact us who clearly know like every last detail of how our thing works. And some people are maybe just kind of taking a faster and looser approach and wanna wanna just play around or they're newer to Eurorack and you know, both are completely valid and and oh, uh yeah. Yeah. Some, something we like to support. Yeah, I, I feel like I just want to like really dive into Constellation because I have some some specific sure. questions and observations, but I kind of want to catch up too, though, because I haven't yeah. talked to you in so long and just like, um, you know, obviously I talked to you when you had your first three smaller modules out. Now you guys are just like kind of everywhere, got bigger stuff. Um, how is this like, how's that experience been just like the ride and what has yeah. changed like any major changes or anything like what's how oh yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah definitely um yeah let's let's rewind back to early 2020 so uh you know right before the pandemic um the chainsaw this was after we had talked mm -hmm. the chainsaw really like blew up online um ben divkid put a video out on it which was our first like you know real big piece of uh press or coverage mm -hmm. <laughs> on our yeah, yeah. on our work you know we kind of been flying under the radar before that um and i think you know eurorack was also just growing really fast at the time Mm -hmm. Um, and we just immediately sold out of the rest of our chainsaws, like within <laughs> weeks, it was, it was crazy. We were shipping them all over. And, and then on the, on the backside of that, uh, the pandemic happened yeah. soon after, like a couple months after that, um, and getting modules made became a massive problem. So this is, this is still actually like pre chip shortage, <laughs> which I'm sure you you've yeah. experienced oh, yeah. and are aware of. Um, <laughs> but it, it basically, uh, when we were kind of leading up to, to, uh, trying to release the maestro, um, we, we were having trouble, you know, like people, the place we were getting our modules made before, um, was having trouble like staffing and a total whole under totally understandable uh, mm -hmm. 
issues right at the beginning of COVID when like, you know, we were hand sanitizing constantly and nobody knew how this thing was spreading. And yeah, um, yeah. But at the same time, trees with life. Totally, <laughs> totally. Like at the same time, like we were gr growing in popularity and we wanted to keep up and, and keep our, uh, keep our retailers stocked and, and grow our base. Um, so made kind of a crazy leap to do the manufacturing myself. Um, which, like my background is not originally in electrical engineering. Mm -hmm. Um, I, you know, over the course of, of five or six years, like starting with DIY kits on my own and then, uh, going to like PCB panel modules where I'm ordering all the parts off Mauser and then mm -hmm. meeting Michael, uh, the other half of acid rain and designing modules and like building the prototypes with him and learning all the ins and outs of how electronics are made. I <laughs> kind of taught myself how to become, I call myself like a uh, hybrid between a, a woodworker and Foxconn, <laughs> the iPhone manufacturer in, in Shenzhen, because it's, it is like this weird, small scale, like one and now like, one and and uh some help from a buddy of mine person factory that puts uh -huh. all this stuff out um yeah so i you know bought a bunch of equipment uh researched uh some some different soldering approaches and technologies and started ordering pcbs uh spent a lot of money wow. <laughs> and uh you know i've obviously we'd built like you know, 10 of these things by hand before, <laughs> but I was going to try to build hundreds of them on my own. And it through some blood, sweat and tears, it ended up working out. Um, really? And wow. I got, I got that first shipment of maestros out the door, learned a lot on that one. Yeah, um, and then started bringing our other, uh, modules, the chainsaw, navigator, uh, and the junction and switchblade at the time, uh, kind of into manufacturing in in house, literally in my house. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, uh, yeah, just just all of a sudden, that was my full time job is making electronics, and wow. got better and better at manufacturing these things kind of started shaving time and uh, shaving down time and shaving down the defect rate um, for all of our, our products. And yeah, come the Constellation now, I feel like it's, you know, reasonably well-oiled little uh, <laughs> production outfit that I've got going here. So you're still doing um, that? Still doing it, yeah. Wow. So I, you, uh, this one that I'm looking at right here, you assembled that and soldered that i assembled that yeah we we get our wow. lots of parts from all over the world and mm -hmm. ship them here and and uh and put them together so that's been that's been the biggest change uh kind of on a material level Wait, but like you on. said I, are you doing this smd soldering too no we get okay. that done externally so you, get the, you do you get yeah, that done. they show up with that and you do the through hole and the assembly because that seems like a pretty common yeah, we've, for a lot of manufacturers. Real SMD work takes like 
half a million dollars worth of equipment yeah, to, yeah, sure. <laughs> to, to do it. They use a uh, tiny stuff, very small. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah very small uh, pitch components and uh, resistors and capacitors. Um, but like you were saying before, I mean, our, our stuff has been, I've been making things, these things nonstop for like two years now. So there's a lot of them out there <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they've been, they've been showing up in, in some pretty cool places. And, you know, we get amazing, uh, uh, we, we get tagged in amazing posts on mm -hmm. Instagram of, uh, and YouTube of people just using our stuff to make just there's incredible talent out there mm -hmm. using your yeah. rack. Um, and, and that really keeps us motivated and, and excited. And I was going to mention how with the constellation, now that we've like grown our retailer base and, and our, you know, the number of people out there who are using an acid rain module, I kind of wonder if this is how it feels for like, a bit of a bigger musical artist to release an album <laughs> like Probably, it's kind of yeah trippy like like it's a lot of pressure <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> frankly and it's like it's a little uh uh stressful and scary because like you know we just shipped like a bunch of these things right out the gate and mm -hmm. we're we know there's going to be all this all these comments and lots of people mm -hmm. opining about it online, which is exciting. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's what we want for sure. But I've, I'm a musician, but like, I've never really released an album before. Right. Like yeah, I've yeah. put stuff online <laughs> and I've, I've <laughs> given it to my friends and I don't really know what that's like. So yeah, I do kind of wonder if, if, you know, I, I, and I do kind of, kind of look at this as like, in a way our, our albums are you know, these modules. It's definitely, it's like... definitely an art project. I mean, there's, there's no question about that. Yeah. Um, it's like, it's like, uh, they're, they're, they're pieces of art that are also machines that make art, which is kind of a, an yeah. interesting thing. Um, well, I, and going back to like the, the pressure thing, like I imagine like, you know, say, uh, say, uh, you know, uh, chainsaw, was like the demo album that kind of blew you up and then, um, <laughs> yeah. and then you, get, you know, and then uh, Maestro yeah. is like the first, is is a lot of people's first album in your eyes. So this is like the sophomore right. album and you're like, and it's definitely like a complimentary album or to a uh, module to Maestro. Like, right. it's, you know, cause it's, you know, because it, uh, it's uh, Maestro is so clockable uh, and this is basically, you know, your, your gate sequencer. Um, I imagine like the idea was the idea for these to kind of sit next to each other and, and be like a huge part of your system. Yeah, absolutely. They, they work amazingly well together um, mm -hmm. because the maestro has gate inputs and mm -hmm. the constellation has CV inputs and the oh, constellation nice. puts out gates and the maestro puts out CVs. So you can like cross patch them mm -hmm. and they'll, they'll control each other. Um, yeah, yeah, we we see it as kind of a little ecosystem we're building of of uh, parametric, non-direct uh, composition of music mm. in yeah. your rack. Please pardon the interruption, but let me ask you a question: Do you buy a coffee every day? Do you buy a tea every day? Is there something that you even buy weekly that is you know five to ten dollars, and you're spending that weekly? 
especially daily. You know, I, I buy a cup of coffee almost every day. That's five bucks a day. Well, for $3 a month, you can support Podular Modcast over at patreon.com. Um, yeah, that's right. $3 a month. So less than what you'd pay for a cup of coffee in one day, you can help support this free podcast that comes to you once a week. So you're getting over four hours a month of primo modular content. I'm bringing you the best guests. I'm bringing you, you know, my extremely valuable insights <laughs> into life in general. Okay, now I'm just making shit up. But I would very much appreciate it if you head over to patreon.com forward slash podular modcast and help keep the LEDs blinking over here at PodMod. And in case you missed it in the intro, I have recently uploaded some Morphogene reels that you don't have to use on a Morphogene because they're just WAV files, so you can actually just use them as samples. And I'm going to try to do that on a regular basis, but I'm also open to hearing what you have in mind for what you would like to see as some of the perks on Patreon. So once again, that's patreon.com forward slash podular modcast. There is a link in the show description. And while I have your attention, let me ask you this. Do you have an album that's finished, but you need it mastered? And you're kind of thinking like, what is mastering? What do I do? Do I just throw an L1 limiter ultra maximizer on it? Well, you could do that, but you know, it wouldn't be the best option. The best option would be to head over to obsidiansound.net and have Nathan Moody do it for you, because chances are some of your favorite modular albums have been mastered by Nathan Moody at Obsidian Sound. Nathan has mastered thousands of songs and hundreds of albums for independent artists, labels, professional composers, and game studios. He's worked with such modular artists as Akil Adam, B-Boy Tech, Heinbach, um, Evo Ivanov, Gerald Fjord, Todd Barton, Traversi, R. Benny, the list goes on and on, yours truly, this track that you hear playing below me right now was mastered by Nathan Moody off of the Podular Modcast and Friends album. Nathan is a modular artist himself and focuses on preserving artistic intent above all else. He also offers mix reviews for those needing a fresh objective set of ears, which I think is very important. If you're mixing your own stuff, I mean, that's that's a, that's a slippery slope. Um, it's really nice to have somebody who's not you because you're just too close to it. So if you're looking for an experienced partner to help make your release leap out of the speakers visit obsidiansound.net if you mention that you heard about nathan on PodMod, you'll get 10 percent off of your first mastering project again that's obsidiansound.net well having seen you play live a few times now since because uh, i hadn't seen you play, i think that, that was the first time i'd ever met you is when we did uh the first episode yeah. um <clears throat> I feel like there is a lot of you in Constellation, just in like the kind of music you play, the way you perform, um, you know, kind of like techno driven, beat driven stuff. Um, but what I also like about this is like, and, and what I like my first thing I tried to do, I was like, okay, well, it's a, it's a, it's a lot of people are going to think drums. A lot of people are going to go uh -huh. straight to drums. And I was trying to use it like with, maybe a kick drum but like more like triggering events in a rhythmic way you know yeah. playing samples switching between splices on morphogene and that kind of thing and it's super fun for that use case or triggering our bar oh, and, and cool. that so um i'm just like how much of it how much of your approach and your and like what you want bleeds into it and like where do you find 
the marriage of like, okay, well, this is what Ryan wants, but let's see what the world also could use in, in different ways. Right. That's a great question. Um, I mean, I think like we were saying earlier, how these modules are kind of art projects, mm -hmm. it's inevitable that like, and I think it's a good thing that the makers and designers philosophy and sort of imprint is really readable. Oh, totally. On these Absolutely. modules. That's yeah. what, that's what got me into Eurorack is For like, sure. mm -hmm. these little devices are like, I think noise engineering is an amazing example. Like mm -hmm. they're oscillators. They're nuts. They're yeah. like, <laughs> they're so specific. Like, I don't even know the word to describe it. Like they're so specifically they someone have... and yeah, yeah. idiosyncratic. Yeah. Like, and that, that is really beautiful. Um, you know, cause we, music tech has a lot of products that are kind of universal boxes that are trying to kind of be everything to everyone, which mm -hmm. can work really well. Um, mm -hmm. And there's some you know, amazing user interface designers kind of exploring <laughs> that approach. But mm -hmm. yeah, Eurorack, due to its nature of like, combine, you combine all these individual things into one case, I almost feel like uh, psychologically it allows each individual thing to be weirder and kind of because you're not you're not shelling out like a bunch of money for one standalone weird drum machine that's going to be the way it is forever and mm -hmm. um you know there's also people who do that <laughs> really yeah, well like sure. yeah, like yeah. soma's work and right. stuff it's yeah incredible in that way but uh yeah euro rack it's it's a very experimental friendly genre from a from a technical and hardware perspective so yeah for sure. um that being said i do the other thing that's really wonderful about kind of Eurorack modules in particular is how the like inputs and outputs of the modules are sort of primitives you could look at it like gates and vol voltage is just voltage going up and down whether it's audio rate, like really, really fast or slow uh, DC voltage. Um, so at the end of the day, it's the constellation just puts out binary voltages mm -hmm. and you can really do a lot of different things with a, with a voltage that goes on and off at interesting intervals over time. Mm -hmm. So yeah. there's something kind of inherently uh, unprescriptive about Eurorack, I think it can be kind of intimidating for a lot of beginning users. That Definitely. it's like, I, yeah. what a gate! Like, what do I do with a gate? Yeah, because there's so many things you could do uh -huh, with a gate uh -huh. signal. Um, but that's also the beauty of it. So, yeah, for sure. And that's what's yeah. exciting me about this. And like, um, because I I don't really do drums at all lately, you know, and yeah. And, it's been a while since I sometimes I'll, I'll every time I like try to bring in drums, it just I ended up like, nah, it doesn't this isn't what I'm looking for. Um, so a gate sequencer isn't something that I like I use a whole lot. But then right. after kind of getting into this, like really diving into morphogene and R bar, I'm getting to a point where I'm like, okay, well, I do want interesting gate sources, but I don't want like a giant 
like just a gate sequencer because I don't like I don't like writing sequences. So I think that's yeah. another thing that kind of draws me to this. And what it's and what it seems like it's really well set up for is um, is like live like or maybe not oh yes definitely live but like no, i'm not even saying for like a, a live show but like real time exploration and experimentation that is never going to go too far off the rails exactly that that fun. is that is absolutely hit the nail on the head of something we really try to uh facilitate in your rack because you know these this these euro rack cases are physical objects in front mm -hmm. of you so we want to allow people to be able to just, and, and like you said, live music doesn't necessarily mean standing in front of a crowd playing music. Mm -hmm. It's it's just a process of like playing an instrument, like you play a guitar or a right. violin, like you're you're playing it live in real time, mm -hmm. um, and translating that approach to electronics is is interesting for us and yeah. and. Uh, yeah, I imagine we... you're just every night you're falling asleep thinking of like, <laughs> like UX design. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I try to try to keep it under control a little bit because it can it can drive you insane if you, yeah, yeah. If you kind of work yourself up into too much of a a frenzy trying to trying to figure this stuff out. Well, everything um, I'm doing and like as far as like quote unquote design is basically it's all analog for one and mm -hmm. it's all like existing stuff just mostly like can i make these two things do this together kind of like so and and right. that like boggles my brain so like looking at something like this where you know you have all these different options you know because the digital world just opens things up so much right. um that's got to just like i don't know how you'd keep it straight it just seems like i don't know you kind of work at it in layers notes. yeah yeah this thing sense. changed over time you know, with our, mm -hmm. from our first prototype to our second prototype. Um, and before that drastically with the, like I draw different versions of it as we kind of narrow in on the features and, you know, first it's, you know, you start with just like, okay, it's going to have eight channels and it's going to, you're going to layer these patterns and then, uh, you know, you're going to have these parameters per pattern. And then you, you start to organize the interface based mm -hmm. around that and uh try to then then you have to draw the line somewhere i was as gonna to say like, what about feature creep that's got to be a thing oof. right <laughs> it's we agonize over it for for weeks and weeks in the design process of like do we really need that and we like with the constellation we added i think 4 hp at one point because it's just the interface needed it and it's mm -hmm. just we you know at the end of the day you got to do what the what the interface needs because um yeah like you were mentioning kind of combining multiple or existing things into a new module i think mm -hmm. you know that's completely valid in the context of hardware especially because mm -hmm. the interface is such a huge component of yeah. of the the experience of using it because it really is an experience it's like mm -hmm. you're using your both your hands and your your ears and your eyes all at the same time mm -hmm. um so yeah we uh that's why we start with the with the interface and then kind of figure out how to implement it mm -hmm. afterwards um oh i had something i felt like it was really good too uh but in, but i do like we're already approaching an hour not quite but um can we just talk a little bit about 
like Euclidean rhythms. Yeah. Because like you said, yeah. they, like these three different uh, parameters, like these three different number combinations can kind of do just about every type of world rhythm. Um, and that's probably why you see so many Euclidean sequencers in the Eurorack world. Um, but like for those out there listening and, and, and me a little bit, uh, can you say somebody's never heard of Euclidean before? Can you explain sure. what that is in, in an elevator pitch style and then how you've implemented it here? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Euclidean rhythms, um, I, I, I'll just say to like, look up the Wikipedia page if you want all the backstory on it. We, wanna, we don't have to go over <laughs> yeah, that yeah. here. But the fundamental <laughs> idea is you take a certain length of, of steps, like a, of clock pulses, you could say, say 16, and you divide that as evenly as possible into a number of events. So if that was four, that would be one event every four steps. Um, that's like a four on the floor kick drum. We all know that, that mm -hmm. rhythm, that's very simple. But if it's five, five doesn't divide evenly into 16. So you gotta put those events like slightly offset um, onto the, uh, the steps, the 16 steps you have laid out. And that happens to create a uh, kind of a, a syncopated rhythm mm -hmm. um, compared to that four into 16, the five into 16 will be like, um, have a sort of a rhythmic uh, feel to it. Mm -hmm. And then you can also take those steps and rotate them around. So that means you take where the first one was and you move it a number of steps down the 16 steps mm -hmm. like say three and then if one of the uh last events falls off the end <laughs> of the 16 <laughs> steps it wraps back around to the beginning so it, okay. it you're kind of that's why euclidean rhythms are often described on a circle of like a a clock hand going around a circle and playing the uh events on divisions of the circle. There's some great visualizers out there online that'll let you uh, kind of experiment with this stuff. Okay. Um, there's even a Euclidean circles Eurorack module that right, yeah. uh, lays out some really uh, kind of simple Euclidean rhythms in a really nice way um, from a visual standpoint. So that's the core building block of Constellation are these Euclidean patterns. Um, and because we're not, uh, using like a XOX style step sequencer grid where you can only do sequences as long as your grid or as long as you can display, we have this numeric display in an encoder. So patterns can be up to 999 steps long, which is <laughs> something like if it's like 16th notes at 120 BPM, I calculated it. It's like a two minute long wow. non-repeating, but, but predictable pattern. Uh -huh. So there's not really much else that does that kind of thing. in <laughs> in your rack, that's a little extreme, obviously, yeah, but yeah. you can, you feel free to you try it. it yeah. um, exactly. So, but the idea um, with constellation is you take multiple of these patterns and there's a diagram in the quick start guide that explains this and you sort of layer them together um, and 
when you combine patterns of different lengths, so the different Euclidean lengths and different like density of events. So like a pattern can be, you know, really sparse or really dense. Uh, patterns of different lengths are going to repeat at different times. So you get them sort of, uh, uh, I can't remember the musical term for this off the top of my head, but like, uh, oh, is that called like a round or something where oh, it's, yeah. yeah, they're, they're, they overlap at different times, which right. creates natural variation over time. Mm -hmm. Um, and we added a few more parameters onto the core sort of Euclidean uh, pattern of three numbers, which is uh, burst, which lets you add events like right on to the end of all of the events of the Euclidean pattern. So instead of like bump, 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 it's like bump, 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 bump. So okay. you're, you're adding, uh, adding extra steps and then ratchets which is adding events inside every pattern so little trills like and stuff so yeah, yeah. great for little hi-hat trills and things like that mm -hmm. and chance so probability of those of any of those events making it out into the uh, output of the the channel so uh in a long-winded sense what this allows you to do <laughs> is say use um you could have like a, a you know, length 16 events for rotate zero pattern. That's just like a f kind of one four on the floor rhythm. And then you could have a length like 128 with one event and a bunch of burst rotated, you know, 68 or something like that. <laughs> and that's going to create, when that comes around, that's going to create like a fill because those bursts will combine with your four on the floor pattern that's been playing the whole time. Mm -hmm. And um, so we're kind of seeing like different parts of a complex rhythmic output can be broken down into like different layers. Like a fill is its own thing. A, uh, you know, the, the bass rhythm, the core rhythm is its own thing. Um, and, combining multiple core rhythms that are different lengths will will shift and change over time and then eventually sync back up again because right, they'll right. you know the math will add up um, uh -huh. to where they uh, where they come together just just with and i know it does more than all of that there's more to sure. it than that but just within that like Ooh. that's a lot to wrap <laughs> your head around and like and once you do wrap your head around it and like get you know fluent in the interface i feel like you could really have a lot of command over what it's doing yeah like, yeah so we try to balance also like unpredictability and predictability so that's something that's really fun in, uh -huh. <laughs> in uh, modular especially where like you know you can do the math on all this euclidean stuff if you want you can get pencil <laughs> and paper out and start <laughs> plotting rhythms which i know some people are going to do and that's yeah. fantastic or you can just get in there and turn some knobs like yeah, and that's, just that's change some parameters sure. yeah. see what ha see what happens and it's not going to like you're not going to go so far off the rails that it's going to just fall apart 
you know mm -hmm. michael's written an incredible clock engine that's used in the maestro and constellation that keeps things really tightly in sync um you know with within with lots of changes and lots of uh, uh complex uh rhythmic parameters uh so you're gonna stay in sync um and then once you find something that you like you know you could just stumble upon it it's really easy to save that in a save slot on maestro mm -hmm. or on constellation and uh come back to it when you yeah want to keep exploring so that's kind of like the the unpredictable you can you can approach it in an unpredictable manner and then save that result in a very predictable manner and come back to it in in a very predictable way so so if you start from a known like a saved point in a live situation and then you're like you know you're yeah. you're reaching the end of your set and you do want to kind of just start exploring and, and improvising sure if you do get to a place where you're not super excited can you just load that state back up and have it just like seamlessly go back into it exactly that's yeah awesome. unless you save again yeah that's kind of the yeah the like having a uh something you can fall back on <laughs> if you are playing like you know in front of people at a live show you want to be able to have some kind of a known quantity that you can that you can yeah. return to that that's gonna you know it's gonna sound good and um, that's a so great yeah feature too because like i know like there are some apps on the ornament and crime and stuff or i think anything on ornament crime if you save it it shuts down what you're using for that time that it's saving or loading so uh, like so like to load something in real time and have it work is that's especially for the live performer that's key that's awesome yeah both maestro and constellation save in the background so they keep okay. playing smoothly while you're saving and uh, uh constellation actually has a bunch of banks you can save to is as an enormous save capacity <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if anyone's ever going to use all of it uh, well we'll see I, I you know i say that and then somebody will yeah. um but uh yeah so you can actually change between banks and we'll keep playing while you're changing banks that does take a little bit of time because it's to okay. load it from the sd card um and then it's ready to you know uh load from from the slots in the new bank uh but yeah, all the all the uh, current banks save data is in internal memory, so it's really really fast. Okay. So you can just jump between save slots. Uh, and quickly. really quick, because I want to make sure that we we go over um, as much as we can, and and I want to make sure I understand it. So <laughs> there are eight outputs. So you get eight different yep. um, pattern outputs. Um, and then each one, well, not pattern outputs, that's not the correct, because you actually have eight different patterns per, um, I guess, track. Um, yeah, per channel, per output. Channel, yeah. yeah. So, so eight outputs, eight channels per output. And then, so you're saying within one of, like, so one P1, so output one, uh -huh. and, um, uh, you know, the, for the first part of that P1, yeah. That can be 99 long or that, that long thing that you were talking about. I'm trying to wrap. My yeah. Head. So just <laughs> one pattern like P one uh -huh. for channel one can be 999 steps long. <laughs> Uh, so you can all have all eight. P one, yeah, all eight could be nine hundred ninety nine steps. And then long. you can have those. But they're chain all together. playing. 
Well, they're not chained, so they're all playing at the same time. And that's that's what's exciting is they're they're oh, overlapped okay. and they're combined with logic. So uh, it kind of defaults to or logic, the one in the uh -huh. middle. So and or and uh, exclusive or, and or logic can be thought as just like combining playing them all at once like they all come through um and then and an exclusive or are, are kind of interesting and, and fun to experiment with because and means it's only high when all the patterns are high at the same time so uh -huh. it makes your output a lot less uh, a lot more sparse uh but using the same input patterns so it's kind of a just a way to get another variation on what you're okay. doing and Okay. And nice. exclusive or is kind of somewhere in between. So, okay. Yeah. And then um, for the CVNs, can you, what, what do those control? Do they control kind of what you tell it to or? Yeah. Haven't made uh, it that far uh, yet. <laughs> oh yeah. There's again, it's like optional depth. You know, you can, uh -huh. you can get started doing just, just a couple patterns and a couple channels and then kind of dig for deeper into the module. Um, yeah. The CV inputs are freely assignable to uh, any one parameter uh, for one pattern for one channel. So like you could assign CV input one to the length parameter of P1, so pattern one, on mm -hmm. channel two. Oh. And that's going to, when you have a voltage from uh, zero volts to five volts that's going to make that length like longer and shorter um, okay and okay. that it, in real time so it's kind of crazy to to, to visualize like <laughs> the playhead is going through the pattern but the pattern is is stretch is changing so uh -huh, it's uh -huh. gonna it's gonna create all sorts of interesting rhythm uh, rhythmic uh, material but it all stays perfectly in sync um, that's so as you cool. do that yeah, so yeah. like the CV, the CV ends like I'm basically so far when I'm playing with it, I'm making all these changes manually, but you can, you know, send CV into that. So you could do a combination of CV and a combination of manually controlling different parameters. So like highly exactly. configurable and highly like um, personalizable, personalizable. Is that a word? Yeah. Yeah. Like we figure that there's going to be a lot of people who just, who don't even use certain features of the For constellation sure. yeah. and that's totally okay. You yeah. know, it's, it's all kind of how your brain wants to, to think about this stuff and, and mm -hmm. approach these, these rhythms. Um, for the CV inputs, I was going to mention that, uh, just a fixed voltage works really well into those okay. like a navigator or a you know a, some sort of a fixed you know negative five to plus five volt uh output so you can almost use it as like a manual knob control over a parameter ah, um, uh -huh. like oh i want to like you know turn up the snare hits now and i'm gonna turn this knob or push this fader and it's gonna play a little fill and then I'm pull it back. Yeah. And that way you don't have to actually navigate to that section because you could do that with the encoder, but you could also like have it set up to where you could have five different knobs. So you don't have to, so you could make, you know, multiple changes. Um, totally. Holy shit. I'm actually, have you heard of the macro from uh, FSS? And yeah, actually, I believe I've seen that. That would be, yeah. I think that would be an interesting, I'm going to try to use that with this because that you can just totally. like, you can do a, a unipolar or bipolar, just giant knob 
that goes positive or negative, but then each output has its own attenuator attenuverter. So you can have one of it going down five volts, one of it going up two, you know, one going down totally. one. And so like you could just like do a giant sweep of changes. But okay. Wow. That just like opened up a whole new can of worms with this thing. Um <laughs> very, very deep. Um, but yeah, we're we're at an hour. This is this has flown by. I want to make sure that I give you the last little bit. Is there anything that we haven't covered yet that you really wanted to uh, to scream from the modular mountaintops? Um, I mean, I went fast. Yeah. <laughs> I could ramble about this stuff all day, but yeah, I mean, I think if we're wrapping things up, I just want to just want to say thank you to everyone who's brought our modules into their systems. Uh, I haven't been able to make it to synthesizer shows, you know, for a couple years now. So it's, it's all just me here in my little bubble, <laughs> making these things and boxing them up and handing them to the UPS driver. And then <laughs> after that, I see them on the internet <laughs> occasionally. So, you know, I just want to reach out and, and say, say, give up our heartfelt thanks from Michael and I for, uh, bringing these things in your system and, and making our dreams come true for sure. Uh, making this stuff. And, uh, I hope the constellation is able to kind of reduce the blank canvas effect for composing music for you. That's yes, one of the things totally. that's really fun mm -hmm. that it's like with a, with a traditional, I suppose you could say grid sequencer or drum sequencer. Oftentimes you have to like, no, you have to start putting things in and you have a, a blank canvas at the beginning, whereas the constellation just kind of, it's already going. Um, big mm -hmm. shout out to mutable instruments grids as well. I wanted to, to say that publicly. I, I got that module way back in like, uh, 2015 or 2016 or something like that, back when there weren't many unique sequencing options in Eurorack mm -hmm. and, uh, that kind of blew my mind. That, that's like, what I, that's all I've been using for a gate sequencer for yeah. like the last year, uh, because I don't like to write sequences and that thing is fucking awesome. So yeah, this is like a, a just a more like an expanded, <laughs> like more in depth, more controllable, I'd guess, like kind of. Yeah. Another, uh, another approach yeah. at that philosophical concept. Yeah. And, you know, we, we definitely all, uh, all of us making these, these music, technology products stand on the shoulders of others and mm -hmm. uh yeah so uh, right on big thanks to, to all of that do you want to do a patch challenge or do you have time i don't i it sounds um, like you i mean you don't have to do it right now in real time you can do it after we <laughs> yeah. record and I, you'll actually this this episode will be out like not next week but like in the coming weeks so you'll have time to get to it if you want you know what let's do it i can right, do let it me, yeah. let me get you a little uh challenge I'm going to do rhythmic as your mood. I have to switch. Okay. I have to pick a mood, but I mean, I figured since we're talking about, uh, right. you know, gate sequencing, um, and maybe, yeah, maybe you could, uh, try to show off constellation in it. Um, absolutely. Ooh, meditative thrum. That's kind of, Ooh, cool. that'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. That I, sounds I great. Like that one. Sweet. Well, Ryan, thank you so much for uh, coming on the show and uh, talking about this wonderful 
machine. Thanks for making these wonderful machines. Oh, I also wanted to say that I, I put my switchblade right next to it because that seems like a no-brainer. Ah, I actually have been feeding yeah. two channels into it and then using another channel to switch between the channels. So that's totally. that's kind of a, a fun. Although I feel like I could probably get a similar result just by like programming the constellation in the right way. But yeah, it depends. Yeah, yeah. It, there's no wrong answers with this yeah, stuff. Right? It's all what you're doing in the in the moment. That's what yeah. matters. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Thanks again, and uh, yeah, uh, it's, it's great to chat again. Yeah, great to catch up. Thanks for having me on. All right, here's Ryan's meditative thrum.
All right, that's our show. Thank you so much, Ryan, for coming back on. Don't forget to check out the Constellation. It's an awesome module. Thank you to Patchworks and Afterlater Audio for your continued support of Podular Modcast. Don't forget, you can get a 10% off of your first mastering project with Nathan Moody over at Obsidian Sound if you mentioned that you heard about it here on Podular Modcast. And um, if you want to help support the show, head over to patreon.com forward slash Podular Modcast. As I said, I, uh, I've just recently uploaded uh, some pretty cool Morphogene reels, and I'm going to be uploading more as time goes on because I'm having a lot of fun making them. And if you have some ideas of what you would like to see on the Patreon page, then please uh, let me know. I think that's all I got for you this week. Thank you so much for coming back to Podular Modcast. I really appreciate it. Four years strong, over 200 episodes. Let's keep going. Let's get crazy with it. Let's get weird with it. Until next week. Oh, your secret word for the the uh, the Instagram post is um, apocalypse. It's one of my favorite words. Bye. <laughs>